Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here is your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, I would like to thank you all for tuning in today. I've got a friend of mine with me who is our van driver at the mission. He's been with us for probably about 17 years, and he's been employed for about 15 years, which coincidentally is when I showed up and hired him. So <laughs> yes. if if he's out there and you think he's doing a great job, uh, yeah, I, I'm taking the credit for it. If you think he's, he's not, I, I don't know him. <laughs> no, that's not true. I love him very dearly. And you know what? I've got to tell you something. This has been a very rough year for most of us, whether it's with the COVID or whether it's, in my case, the loss of my wife and just a lot of things that have not gone as we had planned. But the reality is that God is holy. He is sovereign. He is with us. He is guiding us. And no matter how rocky the outlook is, the reality is that if you're a believer in Christ, you're just passing through. You're on your way home. And so no matter how gets how, how rough it gets here, it's for a moment in time. I have always told the people, you know, most people don't realize, but uh, I've been director 15 years, but many years before that, I was coming down once a month with a church group bringing messages and I told him one year, I think it was probably about this time of year, that if you're out there right now and you are, are absolutely rejecting the gospel of Christ and you don't care anything about God, you don't care anything about this Jesus thing, then my suggestion is that you go out and you have as good a time as you can right now because this is the only heaven you're going to know and then you're going to spend eternity in hell. On the other hand... If you're out here tonight and you are a believer and things are just horrible for you, remember this is the only kind of hell you're ever going to know. And from here, eternal uh, eternity with Christ. And so we go through a lot of things. Mike is going through a lot of things. I've gone through things. And everybody at the mission has has been going through a lot. Even my producer in here, Steve Gasser, is going through a lot of things with with not having all the personality needs. And, you know, he was in here talking to me and to Mike before he started. And you know what? He's relying on God because right now things aren't going too well. And uh, so all I'm trying to get around to that is when you're, when you're facing these things and when it feels like you're just overwhelmed by everything, remember this is a season, this is a time, and this time is going to pass. You know, the Bible says, don't fear man who can take your life, but fear God who, after taking your life, can cast you into hell. And that's not meant as, look, God's going to cast you into hell. What that means is you've passed from death to life as a believer. And so the biggest fear that you could have been afraid of is hell. That is the biggest fear. And God is not going to send you to hell if you're one of his children. So what can man then do? They can take your life. That's all they can do. They couldn't do anything else. And if you're an unbeliever, God can certainly take your life, and he can cast you into hell. And, and I'm sorry if that offends some of you guys, but frankly, I would rather you be offended 
and seek Jesus than feel comfortable and go to hell. I mean, no pastor wants to consider the fact that there are people around him that he knows that might be headed for an eternal Christless existence. So at any rate, Michael has been driving the van for at least, uh, I don't know when you started driving the van. Was it 12 years ago? or Yeah, about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Michael, that. tell us a little bit about, about how you even got to the mission. I mean, you ah. know. <laughs> I didn't know. Uh... Well, I was homeless for 11 years. No, you told me you weren't homeless. You lived in the park. I did. I I, I wasn't homeless. I just lived outside. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Some of the best mornings I've ever had actually were in that park, you know. But uh, yeah, so 11 years out there on the street, uh, I would go to the mission and, and, you know, eat. Uh, Mission provided showers, uh, all of the hygiene. You know, the razors, the, the shampoo, the, everything you needed was at the mission for a homeless person anyway, um, especially Christ. Um, I would sit in that chapel night after night, and uh, like Paul, I was, I was the chief of sinners, but mm. um, I, I, I did believe that Jesus Christ was Lord, Amen. and uh, so I always had the respect for, for the mission and for all those who came and, yeah, and served there. Did. But um, I did not want to join their program, although, they, uh, as you know, Tom Mooney, our, uh, one of our uh, pastors at the mission, he's actually a, a teacher there. Um, yeah, and he's still there. Yeah, yeah. And he, uh, he would see me from time to time and, hey, when are you coming in? When are you coming in? No, well, no, thank you. No, I got big things to do out here on the, on the street. So Running and gunning. Yes, I was. Uh, and I had been locked up in and out of jail. And, and uh, as it turned out, this, this, this one time I had, I had gotten stopped by the police right there at the Shell Station a, a few blocks from the mission. And, and they asked me what I was doing. And I'm, I'm not doing anything. I'm, I'm having a cup of coffee. What are you doing? And uh, so one of them calls my name in, and I'm just chatting up the other guy. Next thing I know, Blaine, turn around, interlock your fingers. You're, yeah, I said, whoa, wait a minute. I, I don't. I don't have any, any warrants. I can't. I haven't been stopped by a police officer since I've been let out of jail. And they go, well, you have a warrant. So they bring me to jail. Uh, I get before the judge a couple of days later. And, of course, he knew me. He had my book. Uh, and it was a book. It was um, many pages. So he asked, what are you doing here? And I said, I, honestly, judge, I don't, I don't know. He said, well, it looks to me like you need another drug program. And I said, wait, wait, I did not get arrested with any drugs. He goes, would you rather sit in jail and think about it for a while? And, oh, no, no, let's talk about this drug program. They gave me 30 days to get in a program. And no, no, no. Oh, oh. <laughs> they gave me 30 days. <laughs> and uh, I, if you're uh, familiar with drug addicts, or uh, I've known a few. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> what happens if you give them 30 days to do something? It'll take 30 days if it gets done at all. So uh, I'm running out of time, and I and I went to another program, a guy I knew that ran it, and he said if I would just make a couple of meetings, he'd put me at the head of the of the line, and I'd get in there, and uh, I couldn't even do that. But I had a friend that was in the program at the mission, and he said, Mike. Just come in here, do this program for a week, then go tell Manny that, that you're ready to do his program. And 
I thought, oh, that's that's a great idea. Yeah, that'll that'll solve all my problems. The missions program was a year long at mm-hmm. that time. And uh, so I tried to get in. They they wouldn't take me. They said, come back tomorrow. <laughs> I tried the next day. Nope, nope. No, we're full. Come back tomorrow. And the third day, I'm sweating bullets, and they let me in. And uh, my, my plan was to stay a week and, and leave. Sure. Well, a week turned into two. Two turned into three. And, and now it's, I'm on my fourth week there. I'm eating really well. I'm sleeping. Uh, I'm doing my job. You know, everybody at the mission has a job. It takes a lot to run that place. Uh, we have class twice a day. I'm, I'm going to class. I'm gleaning what I can. Um, and I, I decided I had to get out. Because, you know, big things to do. Manny's program was three yeah. months long. I, uh, I can't give up a year. And uh, that night, we have a, I, I should preface this, we have a different church group every night Weren't of the month. Weren't you working at the Hungry Hunter at the time? I was working at the Hungry Hunter as a homeless person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, but, you know, that I... No, I just wanted the uh, folks to know that... Uh, in your case, you might have been living in the park and everything, but you actually had an eight-hour-a-day job. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. you were always paid, there. Paid, yeah. yeah, paid child support. And yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, this church group on this particular night came in, and they said, you have to trust somebody. And I thought to myself, well, you know, I've been on the streets 11 years. I, I don't trust anybody. And they, they're going on and on about that. And that night, I, I go to bed. And uh, I can't sleep, and, I, and I'm thinking, well, my gosh, you know, trust, and I'm talking to God. Who, who do I trust? Why, why should I trust? And who were these people to be teaching me and giving me instruction, what time to go to bed and what time to get? And I would try to go to sleep, and it would, I'd come up and wrestle with that same thing. Who were they to, to teach me? I, I can read the Bible. Well, long story short, I, I, I get up the next morning at, at wee hours in the morning. We used to leave when it was dark, and I'm a van helper. Uh, I get in the van, and the van driver hands me this index card. And I'm, what the heck is this? And he he said, well, God woke me up and wanted me to give you this scripture. <laughs> and I said, oh. So I threw it on the dash. Off we go, and uh, we we pick, we do our first pickup. And now it's it's morning. It's light. You can you can read. And I thought, oh, yeah, what what was that scripture? So I grabbed it, and I read it. And it was Psalm 32, verse 8. And Psalm 32, verse 8 says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way that thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Now, all night long, I'm struggling with God about who are they to teach me or instruct me what to yeah. do, when to get up, when to go to bed. You know, and, and so I asked, I said, well, why did you give me this? And he said, well, God, will, I said, stop. I said, what does that mean? What do you mean God woke you up? He goes, look, I usually sleep through the night. I don't, I don't even get up to use the restroom. I woke up wide awake, knew that I had to write down this scripture and give it to you this morning. I, I turned on a light, wrote it down, turned the light off. First thing this morning when the alarm went off, I thought the scripture needs to go in my pocket. I need to give it to you. He said, that was God working. And uh, I, I told him uh, what I had been doing the night before struggling and i was going to leave i was going to leave that day after work try to you know do everything right say goodbye and and be upright with everyone 
just in case I had to come back. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, no, I'm familiar with it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we drove for a while, and uh, I knew, and and I'm sure he knew too that that God had used one of His children yeah. to bring His word to another knucklehead like <laughs> like to, all of us, like, like like me anyway, and. And uh, after that, then uh, unfortunate for all the pastors, the teachers there, it was every classroom. Well, why does it say this here? And then over here it says that. And That's why, Berean. What, what, yeah, what does this mean? And, you know, that, but I think I was sent there to give the pastors patience. Is that I, why Tom Mooney's hair turned white? I think it might be contributing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so that's how I, I came to stay at the mission. And, of course, I was allowed to intern. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you came on board, uh, you hired me. I did. And uh, I've been just so grateful ever since. To be able to work yeah. with a family of Christian uh, brothers and sisters, um, is, it's, an amazing, it's an amazing gift. That's all it, I can say. Well, Michael has been employed, for, like I said, probably about 14 and a half, 15 years, because it wasn't long after I got there that I hired him. He had been interning for quite a while, and uh, I hired him. And then later on, when we lost our van driver, uh, he took over the van route. But that's not the important part of, of the history for Michael at the mission, Um Mike is a passionate guy. He believes in the Bible 100%. He's, you know, God doesn't take and and replace our personality, but he takes our personality and he uses the way that we are. And uh, so Michael started driving, and Michael is an extreme extrovert. I mean, he will talk to anybody at any time. He loves the Lord. He'll talk to him about that. And that's exactly what I believe the the mission needed. Now, on a personal level, I want to let you know that uh, I've had to deal— No, I mean, uh, (laughs) no. Michael has become a trusted friend of mine as well. Um, He said to me the other day, if you'd have told me X amount of years ago someday I'd have a friend that was a pastor, I'd have said you're crazy or something to that effect. That was exactly it, yeah. And uh, the reality is— that one of the things that I like the most about people is the ability to trust them. And with Michael, I'm, I'm absolutely sincere with you that, that I, I would have trusted him with my wife when she was alive, with my daughters, with money, with the truth. And, uh, and I would have no problem trusting him with my life if it, if it came to that. And that's not just something that I say, and it's not something that I would uh, think about everybody that's out there. I would never consider for one moment that Michael was not telling me the truth. Matter of fact, years ago, we had a guy on the program, and Michael had come to me, and he was missing a friend of his named Arnie, and he couldn't find him. And he said, I don't know where he could be. I'm really worried about him. Can I take 15 minutes? And in those days, he he rode a, a bicycle everywhere. Can I go over to Friendship Park? And Friendship Park is a tough place where there's a lot of drugs and a lot of stuff going on. Can I drive over there, see if he's there, if he's okay? And, of course, I said, yeah, go go ahead, Michael. And he rode over, and he looked for him, couldn't find him, and came back. Well, a day or two later, 
one of the program men came. Oh, oh, he got himself in trouble with something. He's in Steve Jarrett, my assistant director's office, and he says, he says, well, you know, and not only that, I saw Mike Blaine over at, at Friendship Park buying drugs. I said, you did, huh? I said, okay. I said, well, I'm going to go uh I'm going to go get Mike, and I'm going to bring him over here. He said, no, don't do that because he'll make the rest of my uh, my program horrible. I said, oh, no, he won't, brother, because in 10 minutes from now, I'm either going to fire him or I'm going to throw you off the program for lying to me. Well, okay, I didn't see him buy drugs. Oh, I said, you didn't, huh? Mm-hmm. He said, yeah, but you know what? I've been on drugs a long time. There's no reason for a guy to be at Friendship Park if he's not buying drugs. I said, yeah, excepting for the fact that he came to me and asked if he could go over there and look for his friend. So I told the program guy, who I I already knew he was lying, I said, so here's the thing. This is a one and done for you. You do anything like this again and you're off the program. I didn't even tell Mike about it until a year or two, I think, you know, because it was— Unimportant. I'm only getting around to this. Once upon a time, he was on the street. Once upon a time, he was doing drugs. Once upon a time, he was doing that. But even out on the street, he had his own set of values and his own set of integrity. But once in Christ Jesus, he took on the integrity of Christ and took it seriously like so many of us don't take it seriously. So, over the course of the years, I know God has changed you a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and he's used you. Yeah, and I, I hope he continues to do both. <laughs> well, I'm sure that he will continue to do both. And, uh, you know, you never told your listeners um, <laughs> what, what you require of somebody that brings a, a problem to you. Can you? Yes. Uh, I, I had a rule when I got there. Everybody was coming to me complaining about everybody else. And this is what the program man made his mistake, too. Uh, I said, here's the deal. Everybody is talking about everybody else, and that's gossip, and I don't want to hear it. So here's the rule. If you need to come to me about another employee or program man or whatever you're going to do, there's some rules you have to play by. One, is it the truth? Two, do I need to know it? And three... Can I use your name? And many times over the years, people have said, well, I don't want you to use my name. And I've told them, what good does it do for you to come to me and tell me this if I can't then turn around and ask that person and use your name? If you're not willing to even have your name mentioned, then don't tell me at all. And a wise rule it is. So, and you'd be surprised how much trouble and grief that spares. <laughs> and even if you're in the secular world, if you're running a company or you're doing something, that same rule needs to say, hey, don't tell me if it's a if it's going to be a secret because yeah. I have no way of verifying it. And now you've placed in my mind this person is doing something. And so I don't want to hear it. Yeah. And so uh, Mike is... Uh, Mike has been with the mission all these years, and he has talked to a lot of men. And yes, sometimes he can be a little stern with things, uh, (laughs) but he loves the people, he loves the mission, he loves the guests, and he's done a fantastic job. And over the course of the years, God has sometimes, 
He's blessed him every day as he blesses every believer. And once you, once he's blessed you with salvation, there's really nothing greater than that that no. he can give you. But, uh, but God has touched Mike in other ways, too. Oh, he's, he's surrounded me with people that, that uh, I call family. Mm-hmm. Um, me, too. I mean, I, I've got family, of course, but uh, n- now I have a, uh, a dear, dear family. I mean, people yep. that I love with all of my heart. Yep. Um, that's, that's a precious gift. He's given me peace. You know, out on the street, I thought, you know, things would be happening and, and, uh, I had it all together and boy, I got a little, this going on over here and this, and I never had peace. I have peace now. I, I may be an old grump. Yeah, oh <laughs> yeah, no doubt. But, <laughs> but, but I have, but I have peace. Um, I've, I've been given little bits of wisdom. Jim Hughes. Oh, and by the way, hi, Jim. Hi, Ann. <laughs> Jim Hughes uh, worked at the mission how many years, Pastor? Uh, about a thousand. Yeah. No, uh, he worked there. 30? Well, Ann cooked in the kitchen. Right. Back in the day, way back so in the I, day. So I think it's got to be 40 years or a close. Long, long, long time. And uh, if, if you're familiar with the mission, you know that in the evening when our guests come in, some of them may have had a little bit too much to drink or a little, you know, maybe drugs some or, drugs or, or both, or just the plain old mental yeah, issues that, that some of them have. Mm-hmm. And I have never once saw Jim all excited, all out of sorts, and I've never seen him down in the dumps. Yeah. And I asked him, I said, "How is that? Why? Why is that, Jimmy?" And he said, "I never leave the house until I've spent an <coughs> hour with the with God, with Amen. the Lord." And and he said, "By that I mean I I." I pray. I, I, I pray when I open the Bible, I ask God to help me, to grant me uh, the understanding and, and yep. let me glean the yep. wisdom I need. I agree. Uh, I give him thanks for all things and, and uh, you know, an hour, a beautiful hour with the, with the Lord. And I took that advice, and uh, I think that is the reason that I have peace now. It's God. It's got, oh, we're getting close. No, no, it? we're good. We're good. Oh, we yeah. have a couple of minutes left, but my dear friend Steve in there always likes to let me know when we're coming near the end. Yes. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, there is uh, there's certainly a lot of truth to all that you said about that. And, you know, Mike and I and, and several other people at the mission have done things off campus before. And, oh, yeah. And when uh, this may seem like not a big thing to you, but it was a big thing to me. When I was home quarantined because I had COVID virus, I spent 10 days in, in uh, the awesome. hospital. And as I said, Olga passed over to be in the arms of Christ. And it, so it was a very tough time for me. But uh, Eileen, the development director, and Mike and uh, Eileen's husband, they drove up and they couldn't come inside but they would come up, and if we could, they'd visit outside until I became too tired. And uh, they brought up food, and Mike uh, brought up other things I needed. And so um, that is is certainly it's a wonderful thing. It's it's been good. And we we all walked away that evening thanking God. That yeah. that, that evening, I'll remember that for a long long time. Um, just fellowshipping with yeah. one another, especially. Having not seen each other in such, uh, you know that. Stretch. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold you over so that we can do the show for next week as well because we're running out of time and and Mike said, 
Well, I don't know if you'll be able to keep me talking. I said, no, that's not a problem, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) He's actually holding me. (laughs) All right. Well, listen, folks, I, I wish you a Merry Christmas. I'll talk to you before then. But as always, until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. You've been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.